This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. The death of my son, moving three times in six months, my parents' divorce, my husband's job loss. I was, you know, 12 weeks postpartum, my then husband came out to me as transgender. And just a couple weeks later, um, our son suddenly died. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Alina's ex-husband, current wife, and soon-to-be ex-wife, Quinn's parents. Quinn's parents. Quinn's parents. Yeah. Okay, so. Okay, Alina, set the scene. I will set the scene. So Judith is here in Boston which is so fun. We've had a great time. Really great we time. went to the holiday market in the seaport today. Yeah. We drank some hot cider. We drank yeah. some mulled wine. Well, I drank some mulled wine. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. You're pregnant. What did we do yesterday? I don't remember. Oh, we got foot massages. That's what we did. That was oh, great. The dream. That so was really good. good. And then we I went saw my friends. Home. And then we went home. And then we had a nice sleeping in this morning. We did. We lounged in we bed. Lounged. And tomorrow we'll do something. I don't know what. I don't know either. So anyway, we're here in bed tonight. We're in my bed recording a podcast, and yes. we have a third person here today. What size bed is this? A queen. Okay, so we've got three lovely three ladies Three adult in the bed. ladies. Three adult ladies in a, in queen, a queen bed. bed. <laughs> okay, so we've got a guest with us. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alina's ex-husband, current wife, and soon-to-be ex-wife, and <laughs> so Quinn's, Quinn's parents. Quinn's parents. Quinn's parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Judith. I'm Aiden's parent. I'm Alina, and I am Quinn's other parent. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Wait, Alina, do you want to explain who Kaylee is? Oh, right. So, yeah. Um, so, you guys are probably like, who's Kaylee? Um, Kaylee is Chloe. So, I, when we started this podcast, I think we didn't really have a good sense of, like, what who our audience was. Like, whether no. we were going to share with people we knew um, and, you know, just out of respect for her privacy, I gave her a little pseudonym, um, which is Chloe after her favorite video game, mm-hmm. Life is Strange. <laughs> yep. Um, and, but I've, you know, shared this with her now, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and she likes it and she's happy to now go by her real name, which is Chloe. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> which is Kaylee. Her, her real name is Kaylee. <laughs> we all know Alina's story really well. And we understand how your story and Alina's story are really intertwined. But I'd love to hear about, like, your story and what this past year has looked like for you, but from your perspective this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess the beginning of our story, as is relevant to this podcast, is uh, Quinn was born last September, and he was amazing and perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking back, it feels so short now, now that it's been over a year since he was born and we only had him for four months, basically. Um, It felt like forever at the time because we were like, I was struggling personally. I was not doing well as I approached the eye of the storm of my gender confusion, (laughs) but also just like being a new parent and like having all this responsibility and being so tired on top of things I had already been struggling with. So it was just kind of a hard time. And then I mentioned to you that I might be trans. 
and that I feel like that brought with it some difficulty already and then a couple weeks later January 8th oh my god (laughs) how do you do that I have a really freakish memory for dates (laughs) to our audience I'm telling you that and I'm the opposite I like don't know what a date is I I actually didn't learn the month of the year until I was in like halfway through high school (laughs) (laughs) which makes me sound really dumb but I'm actually really smart (laughs) um So, yeah, then I, like, actually came out to you as, like, I'm definitely trans, which sucks. (laughs) I mean, it was hard to, like, work through how, like, what I needed to to do to, like, address this realization and in the context of, like, already being tired and being a new parent and, like, all this stuff that I, and I was already not doing well and, like, was it because I was holding this in or, like, which parts of it it was just hard to like pull everything apart um and then two weeks later Quinn died it was I mean obviously that was a very hard day uh because we woke up and found him Alina found him in his crib dead and I'm sorry you had to be the one yeah okay so then Quinn died and you were kind of left with with two explosions in your face yeah it was like you had to pick up the pieces of coming out as trans to alina and your family and your community and your friends all at once because you did it all at once yes and then you also had to come you had to like wake up the next morning and pick up the pieces of your life from losing your son it was like probably like explosions everywhere just little pieces and bits and pieces of paleo lying on the floor all over the country (laughs) distinctly put (laughs) yeah i mean I still say, like, to this day, like, it feels like a joke. Like, someone wrote it. Like, yeah. It, it was like, how much of this person's life can we destroy all at once? I mean, so, like, another thing that made it hard is Alina and I had been talking about, like, I had said, like, I definitely want to, like, transition. And, like, what that meant for us having more kids, because we had always talked about having more kids. And we had already been talking about separating and just co-parenting Quinn, Mm -hmm. which was already a hard discussion. And then, like, him dying felt like, I mean, it was losing you. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I can hop in here, we were considering, equally considering, I would say, giving it a shot and staying together, even though I am straight. um, But, you know, I had all this have, have, present tense, all this love for you. Um. And obviously we had this baby together um, and we didn't anticipate raising him as a divorced couple, Mm -hmm. although I don't think anybody does, but you know, so we had, we were equally considering that and we were considering as Kaylee mentioned, like just kind of proactively separating Mm -hmm. so that we could separate while things were good and just kind of try to be co-parents to him um, in that sense. And instead of trying to, instead of muddying the waters with, an attempt at a relationship that may not have worked. So anyway, we were thinking about staying together and then, yeah, he died and, and things kind of changed at that point. It felt very Did you realize the minute you found out that he died, that you would be losing Alina too? Did you like, did that come quickly or was it like with time it became clear? Um, Or with a lot of time? I think it took some time. Yeah. I was just gonna say the thing that's complicated about this story is I think in every story, you want to find like a villain mm-hmm. you know what i mean but the problem with loss is like there's no villain like yeah. and especially with sids 
it's not like cancer where there's like this entire, you know, there's something to tackle. It just feels like it's like this vague, abstract, something bad happened. And your story, like you, like in order for you to be happy and to be yourself, like you, you had to lose something that you love the most, you know, and this, not you didn't have to, but you did. It's like you were stuck in an impossible situation. Yeah. And then your son died, like in addition to that. It's so complicated. <laughs> And, like, obviously I've been in a lot of therapy, some with Alina. Like, we were in couples therapy until a couple weeks ago since then. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've been in therapy forever. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's really, it's been hard for me to, like, separate everything. Because there are so many stacking issues. And, I mean, the other complication was when Quinn died and we talked about it, I wasn't sure how ready I was to immediately have more children and I still don't know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's just very confusing like seeing the world completely differently when that happened I I do think I saw the world completely differently like suddenly a lot of societal bullshit like I just stopped caring about Mm -hmm. and like now when I like see people making small talk in like the grocery store line it's it exhausting. like makes me mad yeah and like you would not want to go to the christmas market with me <laughs> <laughs> well that's fine well the, Keely, i think the one question that everyone uh wants to know is like how did you figure out that you were trans and like did quinn being born or you know being being pregnant with quinn like did that start this process for you were you already on the road to figuring out that you were trans regardless and did you know for a while like yeah, I don't think him being born, well, yeah, it wasn't having a child. I guess it was, sorry, this is, it's a complicated <laughs> answer. Yeah, I do think him being born and, like, being in the situation I was in, I mean, it was a confluence of a lot of factors, but definitely, like, it was like a pressure cooker. Like, it was so, I was in such an intense mental, emotional situation that I think I was, like, scraping for answers to things. I was I was just in, like, a very intense headspace because I was, like, tired from, like, not sleeping and, like, just, like, taking care of a baby and, like, I don't know. You, you know. Yeah, I mean, so I, I have wondered, and I think I've said this to you, if, if having, getting this new role that was very gendered was it all triggering hmm. for some of this? I don't think so. Well, if Kim was a girl, you think it would be That's different? actually a whole other thing. Okay. So, like, I've always... That was, like, one of my earliest, in retrospect, signs <laughs> that I'm trans, is that I've always, since I was, like, eight, wanted a daughter. <laughs> but lots of people want daughters. No, I know. But, like, a lot. Like, so badly. And I had her name. <laughs> Um, which was Chloe. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, and, like, and you've said to me, like, you realized that really you wanted to be a daughter. And also, like, I felt like I would be disappointed when he was born after we found out the gender and I wasn't, which was also surprising. And I think that also, like, pointed to the fact that that wasn't what it was about. There's a lot of stuff wrapped up in that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like the part of what helped you come to this realization was like all this other stuff that happened too. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's not coincidence. Yeah. I mean, I think when we're put in intense situations and like 
our brain starts to go into that like fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. We're like the most ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you, when you're in that pressure cooker that you're talking about, you can hear what you want. Like something inside you screams. Like, you know, like it's like when I was on the airplane and that person behind me had their stroke, like I was screaming in my head, get me out of here. It's like it was so clear that yeah. I had to pay attention to myself because it was screaming. It's like I wonder if that little voice inside of you saying that you were a woman was screaming because you were under, like you were struggling with depression, you had a baby, you were exhausted. You know, like yeah. it became easier to hear. Yeah. I mean, a big theme of like what I worked on with myself the last year, like to try to figure out in therapy and just like in my free time was like, I feel like I was on a track that like people told me to be on my whole life, like high school, college, get married, buy a house, have kids, be cis yeah. and straight. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we live in like a liberal area, but it's still like, it's you pretty, still get that messaging everywhere. It's pretty ingrained. It's yeah. Like yeah. It's crazy thinking back. But yeah, when when my life started getting like harder from having a kid and like dealing with all of this these like issues, I feel like that I was like more honest with myself because like some like if, when you're I feel like when you're close to the edge of something like that, like it feels like you're like in danger and like you need to do something. Yeah. And like I feel like you're more honest. Yeah. In that moment. So in that moment I was like wow, like, who am I? <laughs> yeah. Like, you'd kind of done everything everyone said to do, but something was still missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, like, it felt like there were stakes. Like, I feel like my life has been pretty easy. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to, like, lash out or, like, question anything mm-hmm. until this year. I also wonder some of it if some of it has to do with, because obviously like when you were coming to this realization, Quinn was alive. And I, I imagine that there might've been a part of you that wanted to be your real true, honest self with him because you loved him so much. Yeah. And, and, I, and yeah. so obviously you aren't getting the opportunity to, to do that with him alive. But I, I know that that's, I, I'm sure a part of it too. Yeah. That's definitely something that like messes me up a lot. It's that you like didn't get I, to be your best version of yourself with him. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about this in our support group, but like I do, and I don't talk about this a lot because I feel great shame around it. But like, I do feel like I didn't bond with him that much while he was alive. Um, just because like I, w- I wasn't doing well. Yeah. And also like in retrospect, like I like who I am so much more <laughs> now that I'm like on HRT uh to the audience that doesn't know what that is hormone replacement therapy so yeah i'm like medically transitioning so i'm on testosterone blockers and estrogen supplements um and i just like wait can i tell you a really funny story yeah okay so after i met alina and she was sharing with me her story and telling me about you (laughs) i went on reddit to learn more about transitioning because i felt like i i didn't want to be ignorant i didn't want you to think that i wasn't good yeah. at it oh, so i went on all these pages on reddit and it was all like um mtf and all these things oh no 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 i know what it was it was ftm 
Yes, first, yes. It's You're right. It's yes. FTM. So FTM in the trans community means female to male, right? Yeah. But in the, like, trying to get pregnant or parenting community. It means first time mom. First time mom. So I, the whole time I was so confused. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of people trying to get pregnant. A lot of moms. Like, okay, like maybe this is like a thing. I don't know. And it took me like a very long time to find out that FTM does not mean first time mom in the transgender community. That like really was confusing for me. So anyway. You're like, okay, half these people are male to female and half of them are first time moms. <laughs> I did think that. Well, okay, so what it means is hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. Okay, so you like who you are better Yeah. on hormones because this is you, your true self. Yeah, I just feel like I'm, I mean, everyone has a different experience with this, but for me, I feel like I'm more, I can more readily access the emotions I want to access, mm -hmm. and, like, I just like who I am more. Mm -hmm. Um. And I like wish I could have been that person with him. If you do, you think that if Quinn would have died in just on December twentieth, do you think he would have ever come out? <laughs> wow. Uh, Maybe not December twentieth, but earlier, before you came. Yeah, out. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe not. Yeah. Or maybe it would have just happened at a different time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. One of the things <laughs> well, that I have found happened with my parents' separation is that I think from the outside, people assume that because Aiden died, it led to, you know, this other fissure in my family. When in reality, it could be for a million reasons, and I don't think it's fair to put it all on Aiden dying. And I think that maybe in the, some, in the same way, like, if you came out after Quinn died, people would be like, oh, that's the response to Quinn dying yeah. as opposed to it being its own individual story of who you are. Yeah, I talk about this a lot. And I've talked to you about it a lot mm -hmm. and, like, a bunch of people. But I do feel, like, I feel, I mean, lucky is the wrong word because everything is horrible. But, like, I feel, <laughs> I do feel, like, so relieved that I came out right before because I'm positive that 90% of people, if I had done it right after he died, would have been like they're insane and like yeah. losing their mind because yeah. of that and also like it's just occurring to me now like the the fact that it was so close to him dying meant that i had much less time much less of i was very stressed i was not well between the time when you came out and when quinn died i was just feeling really stressed out um and unsure of everything and so because they were so close together so much more of his life i did not have that stress so i do appreciate it in that sense too you know what I say about that? God fucked us, but so gently. <laughs> well, let's, I just want to ask, can you tell us where, like, we spoke about this in our first episode, like, mm. where, when you felt like you hit the bottom of the dark, dark hole? Ah, uh, yes. The bottom question is interesting, because, like, I feel like there have been a lot. And, like, I, I think a lot of people looking in from the outside would be like, well, obviously, like, the day your child died, which was an awful day. But I feel like there was, like, a lot of shell shock around that. Yeah. Neither of us said that day. No, neither of us. No, I know. Right. I don't think a lot of people would. I think I'm really, my, like, MO for coping is putting off to the side and compartmentalizing and, like, not thinking about it often um, for a lot of things, but 
especially this, I feel like after he died, I was just like trying to get through the day, but then trying to get through that day turned into trying to get through every day after that for like months and months. So like, I, I do feel like I was doing fine for a while after that because I was just not thinking about it or us or like me and Alina or anything. This is the, this is a really interesting perspective that I think is good to have on this podcast because we are not like this at all. And yeah. I think that is what you're describing is actually very common. And I bet yeah. people will relate to that. Too. I think it's common for men too, which is, I feel fine saying that because I lived as a man right. for 30 years. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely my coping mechanism. And so like my bottom wasn't anywhere near him dying even though like that was a bottom for sure but I think my lowest point and I only know it because of my reaction and like how genuinely broken I felt that day was when I visited Alina in her new apartment which we are in right now Mm -hmm. for the first time and we hung out and like watched a show and like I got to see the cat and like towards the end of hanging out I started to get feel really sad and upset because I don't know we were just like watching a show and it felt kind of normal but like it felt like you were like a friend and we weren't married yeah and like I feel like it just started to sink in because I'm so good at like ignoring things but like at that moment it started to sink in that like we were separating and this was August and and Quinn died in January, and that was kind of when we were first discussing separating, was January. Right. Yeah, so this was seven months. So this was way after. Yeah. Like, so, like, since January, we had known that was probably, that that was what was happening. That was the plan the whole time. But, like, in that moment, I feel like I was, like, acknowledging it for the first time, which sounds crazy. Like, isn't that such a long time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you guys also lived together in we, the house. Yeah, we lived together pretty much like right up until that so like it was easy to ignore it because our lives didn't really change except for Quinn being gone and that is a very all-consuming loss yeah yeah and so obvious do you feel like you started to grieve Quinn's loss then when you realized that you lost Alina or do you think that the ultimate sadness came from losing Alina like where was I would say it was from losing Alina Mm -hmm. I definitely like had moments where I would like breakdown before that like I was definitely compartmentalizing but I had moments of like grieving Quinn before that um I do like Alina and I we had a moment in therapy where like there was something that just like really struck a chord with me which was that you said and like it totally makes sense but you said Alina that when Quinn died your whole heart had died which of course um but like my first like instantaneous thought was like you're half of my heart still and like i i always felt like you were like do you feel like when you lost Lena, your whole heart died yeah yeah which in a way like makes me feel bad because it's like like i wish quinn had been my whole heart I, my husband has a really similar perspective to that. And at first, and he says the same thing, that he feels like 
I wish I felt but like the reality is for a lot of men, which you were at yeah. the time, but are not that um, like for Alina and I, we had nine extra months. And yeah, like it our makes baby sense. grew inside of us. And for you, you met him when you were in the middle of a personal crisis. You met him when you were exhausted. Like you never got to get to that point. Like it wasn't fair. Yeah. So like I think, but that background I think explains why that day was my bottom because he drove me back home, and I I was already starting to feel kind of emotional and like realizing that this was like it. Um, and like for the first time, thinking about. Like, really internalizing that, like, we were done. Even though we had decided, like, seven months ago. <laughs> so, like, she dropped me off and, like, she stopped in our driveway and, uh, of our haunted house. Mm-hmm. Where, <laughs> where I had to sleep alone. <laughs> um, and, like, we hugged goodbye in the car. And, like, I think I had been crying, like, all the way home. Yeah, you cried the whole way home. <laughs> but we, like, hugged goodbye. And, like, I couldn't let go of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was sobbing for, like, the next four hours. I So, you know, from my perspective, it was un- <laughs> it, it seemed to me that you felt like you were saying goodbye to me forever. And it was unclear to me, saying goodbye to you in the driveway, whether that was because you were feeling like our marriage was finally ending or whether it was because you were going to hurt yourself. I really was was feeling very scared. you that Mm -hmm. night and I did I called your sister yeah and And, asked her to call you yeah and she called me which I guess helped I reluctantly picked up that phone call because I knew it would be bad if I didn't (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like for for like bottoms I think that was the bottom I just described was a bottom where like I was at my lowest emotional point when we Mm -hmm. talked about it in therapy you pointed out something that like for some reason I had compartmentalized that I was basically saying I was angry because, like, it felt like you had been, like, absent since he died. And, like, I was kind of, like, frustrated by that. But then Alina pointed out that, like, I had been absent before that for a long time. Kaylee and I just came from a support group. And the um, the physician that runs the support group, Dr. Goldstein, who we love, um, he said something really interesting, which is that, as parents, like everybody makes mistakes every single day and everybody has regrets about like, you know, every parent when they go to bed at night wishes they hadn't yelled at their kid that day or they had been more patient or, you know, hadn't fed them all that candy or whatever. Like every parent like has regrets. And one of the things that you lose when your child dies is the opportunity to make amends and to do better tomorrow. You know, like you can go to bed at night. I have, I have things that I would do differently with Quinn. I mean, every, every, parent does like I said every single day but like we don't get the chance to fix it mm-hmm. because he's gone mm-hmm. so I know that that's a, a heavy weight on you and, and yeah. on everybody all right well I have one question to ask and that is do you have any like memory of your baby who is my baby that you would like <laughs> to share with everybody um I think so like I often want to reach for like reading at bedtime because that was like our time mm-hmm. But I do think, like, one of my favorite memories of him, I mean, was bath time in general. Mm-hmm. But his last bath, I think. Yeah, it was such a good one. Yeah. So, like, he always was so hot and cold <laughs> about <laughs> his baths. Like, he could, you couldn't tell if he liked it or hated it. And I think he couldn't tell. Because, <laughs> like, 
the I think he liked the warm water, but like anywhere that wasn't being actively sprayed with warm water, he was like kind of uncomfortable. the The last bath we did with him was so he was so unsure about whether he liked it or not. Like I feel like he always was, but that one he was definitely like swinging between like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows <laughs> during that bath, and it was funny. It was also like he, I feel like he was like really coming along like developmentally mm-hmm. like he was like holding stuff and like sucking his thumb and mm-hmm. at that time yeah. so like I think he like understood the water a little bit more and yeah. was like clearly confused yeah. by it so yeah I love that, that was just fun thanks for sharing yeah. that was a good memory um I have one memory I would love to share about you and him which is that um when he was born Dune um the movie <laughs> Dune was supposed to come out but then of course COVID hit and it got delayed but um, in preparation for that, you were reading the Dune oh, books. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And um, so you would you read out loud to Quinn yeah. the book, the Dune <laughs> books, yeah, a, a lot, like in the middle of the night, like yeah. to put him to sleep for his first like four or five weeks of Which life. Which is such a stupid thing to read a baby. Cause but he didn't, like... no, he didn't care. No, <laughs> he didn't care. He just liked your voice. Yeah. So anyway, I love that. I love that. Memory. I like that memory. And, and Dune is like everywhere all over the pop, all over pop culture. Yeah. So every yeah. time I see it, I think of him and I think of you reading to him, which is a nice memory. What will happier ever after look for you? Like, tell us about when you like think into the future and you're like, oh, I've made it out of that dark spot. Not yeah. like I'm going to be like, you know that everything's perfect but you just like know you made it out of the darkness <clears throat> what would that look like for you yeah um i think it's just based on like what what is most distressing to me in my life right now and those two main things are my just my gender presentation is like a daily source of stress for me and just like getting people to like call me the right things and like liking the way I look is one huge thing for me. So that that would be great. And also, I mean, I've been doing like a lot <laughs> of processing around separating from Alina. And honestly, like, I've never had to break up with someone like in a serious relationship. Some people have experience with that. And I just don't. Right. Because um, we got we like lived together right out of college got married yeah so like I've been really processing that so like I think for me the other that's like a huge thing that like bothers me every day that I have to like work on and like I'm definitely getting better at it but just getting to a place where I'm not constantly feeling upset about our separation and like hopefully getting to a point where we can be friends and it's not hard yeah (laughs) Yeah. like and I think what that looks like is probably us both finding someone else in in my head and I think you have a similar Mm -hmm. vision like I want you to find someone and I want to know them because Mm -hmm. I something that constantly eats at me which is like my own problem but is just like picturing you with some like asshole and like I just want you to find someone so I can meet them and like them and like be done with that <laughs> um and like same reverse yeah. like I want to be with someone who you know and like we're happy for each other yeah and like that would get rid of all my demons <laughs> you know Alina that reminds me of something you said about like your greatest fantasy about like Thanksgiving it's Easter 
Easter. Which Kaylee is, knows this. Yeah. Tell us about your Easter fantasy. So I have this like vision in the future that I I don't know if it'll come true, but like it's a my therapist calls it a vacation for my mind, <laughs> and I really I have really fleshed out the details of this story. So in my mind, and this is this is something I think about all the time. I am with my new husband. And we are pulling into my ex-in-law's <laughs> house for Easter. And we have two daughters in the backseat. I have like a three-year-old daughter. And we have a baby who's like two or three months old. And we pull in the driveway. And like Kaylee's family comes out mm. to greet us. And, um, you know, you carry my older daughter into the house. And she's so happy to see you. And she calls you Aunt Kaylee. And run into the house and then you know my husband's greeting your dad (laughs) and your mom in this like this like vision this is the first time that your family is meeting my younger daughter and I hand my baby the baby to your mom and she says oh my gosh she looks so much like Quinn that gets me very emotional yeah do I not have a partner in your you actually do she's blonde she has long blonde hair yeah she's blonde Oh yeah, you told me. Yeah, that. you know, you know this whole thing. Why do you picture me with a blonde? Person? I have no idea. I don't know because I told Alina. I said you like Kristen Stewart. She's a brunette. Yeah, but she does often have like frosted. Yeah. Okay, fine. A a brunette situation. with frosted. Dude. I I don't know what to <laughs> with tell an you. edge. I don't know what to tell you. I picture Kaylee with a blonde woman. Okay, well, I don't picture Kaylee with a blonde woman. So does that mean that? I mean, Alina people? knows me pretty well. I think that you're gonna be someone who looks like Kristen Stewart. That's what you told me your type is. You're right. By the way, if you guys haven't seen me, I look nothing like Kristen Stewart. I don't think so. I think you do. <laughs> oh, my God. I, we're both bit. brunette, and she, I think, has blue eyes. She has the edgiest. She's so edgy. I'm the she's opposite very edgy. She has, like, I'm, a sharp chin, though. Yes. And you have, like, a thinner face. Yeah. I'm yes. the opposite of edgy. I would say style-wise, you guys are much similar. We're on the opposite end. I yes. also don't know who to date regarding, like, personality height. Kaylee's making fun of me for wanting someone with a tall personality. (laughs) That kind of makes me feel self-conscious because I feel like I don't. Well, I but I I was saying it in reference to height. Like someone doesn't have to be tall. No, I know. Like if they're if they're like six three, they can have like a moderately shorter personality. Like you're you're an average height, and I feel like you have an average height personality. (laughs) Okay, I I think it's a made up idea that we both developed, so I don't feel so invested by it. It makes me feel good because people say I have a tall personality and I'm very short. So well, yeah. I'm going to take it as a compliment, but it's made up. It's <laughs> a made up like, compliment. I feel like Alina having, Alina definitely has a tall personality. So you're right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, um, thank you. Are we the same level I feel like they're height? unrelated. <laughs> but are, we, are we the same level personality height, me and Alina? No. You're Am just I... taller. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I mean that's obvious. That made my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alina's very tall. I have a very tall personality. Me too. Me too. That's yeah, great. and I feel like that was good for me. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, this was quite a podcast, but we loved having you on. Thank you. How did it feel? Yeah. How do you feel? Good. I feel like I don't get to talk about him a lot. For yeah. us yeah. to like people, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want us to tag you on Instagram? We post it. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So- Lots of eyeliner pictures. <laughs> sometimes food and motorcycles. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Okay. 
Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Happy holidays if you're celebrating. Happy New Year if you're celebrating. Who's not celebrating the New Year? To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at aslongasimlivingpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at aslongasimlivingpodcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay!